0: positioning the year of positioning getting ourselves in the right position that we can receive as well as give to receive as well as give and let's get out of the mindset that everything is going to be materialistic Yes, yeah, there'll be some monetary uh, things you'll receive there'll be some spiritual things you receive but let's seek after those things which are going to be eternal that will get people as well as ourselves into a place of blessings and eternal life here on earth. But we're going to go before the throne of grace, and then we're going to move forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you for you are good and your mercy endures forever. We thank you, dear God, that we have an advocate with Jesus Christ who sits at the right hand, your right hand, and continuously makes intercession for us. And he said, Jesus said that he must go away, but he would not leave us comfortless. But he sent the Holy Spirit, that he not only dwells among us, but he dwells in us. So right now, and as we come before you, Lord, we're praying and believing that you have breathed life not only into us, but you have breathed on this message, this word. For us, as we prepare ourselves and continuously grow in you for such a time as this, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And Satan, the Lord, rebuke you in the name of Jesus that we are more than conquerors. We pray, Lord, now that this word that is sown, your word declares, Paul said, that some plant, some water. But, Father, you will give the increase the increase in our lives, again, Lord, that we can help someone else to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just kind of overwhelmed right now, again, because God has just been so good. And again, we're talking about this is the year of positioning, But before I go any further, again, I want to welcome our online visitors, our people here in the building for what God is already doing, what God has already released into the atmosphere. But it's up to us to continuously stay before him that he will uh, manifest those things in our lives. We want to continue in everything we've started to do uh, with our feeding and our outreach. And we're asking everyone, everyone To to go before God and say, Lord, what seed can I sow into this ministry? And we're not after your money. We're not trying to beg you and prompt you. But we're saying we want to see God move in your lives. But the way God moves, we know that it costs money. It costs money to put gas in our vehicles to come to church. It costs money for us to keep the lights on. But this is not about Pastor Wendy, about the kingdom. And so we're asking you, you can give in person, you can go to the mobile app, you can go to the website, you can text to give. I'm telling you, but you are sowing when you sow into Open Altar Worship Center, you are sowing into fertile ground. So please pray and ask God, Lord, what can I do to help this ministry? So we thank you in advance for everything that you're doing for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I say again, this is the year of positioning. What kind of position were you in in 2020, 2021? But whatever position you're in, if it continues to work for you, maintain that momentum. But we want to make sure in 2022 that if there's some things about us that are not like God, some things that we need to change, Lord, I'm willing to reposition if I have to. I even thought... um, Right before the service, I had to drink some water because my mouth was getting a little bit dry. But, you know, in order to get the water out of the bottle, I had to do what? I had to turn it upside down. So, Lord, if you have to turn me upside down and shake some things out of me, pour some things out of me. Lord, if it gets me in position, then, Lord, I'm willing to do it. I am willing to do it. So today we're going to be talking about. Getting back to the basics, getting back to the basics, because sometimes we learn things and we get so familiar with them, we forget how to do the simple things. How many of us still know how to do write out a basic math problem of addition and we go down one column and then we carry the numbers over? Do we still know how to do uh, subtraction? No, we've gotten so comfortable with calculators and cell phones. And I'm telling you, when it comes to division, we're going to really mess everybody up, especially if you have to carry the decimal. But when it comes to the things of God, we need to learn sometimes to get back to the basics. We're going to be talking and coming from the book of Judges. Our focus on today is going to be in chapter two. Let me start off by saying there were some things that led up to what happened in chapter 20 and i'll get to that in a minute but let's look at chapter 16 in a quick overview in chapter 16 you have the story of samson and his parents now what samson did that was so bad wasn't so much that he married Delilah, because the bible tells us that god had a plan his parents didn't like it because she served a pagan god and her culture did but god had a plan But Samson's demise was he told his wife, Delilah, where his strength comes from. In chapter 17, we have Micah who built an idol. And then in verse 6, it says that the people did as they pleased because they had no king. Verse 18, we find that there are 600 men that come to Dan and they take Micah's idol. And then they move on and they destroy the city or the town of Laish. They completely burn it down. They take it over, rebuild it. And that's when where they make their abode. Chapter 19. The men of Gibeah go in and there is a man who is not named who goes in a town with his concubine. And they find a place where this old man takes him in. He says, whatever you do. The the custom was if you saw a stranger in the town square, you would invite them into your house, but no one would invite them in. And so this old man tells him, come and stay at my house. But then when the men of the town found out that this man was there visiting, they banged on the door, much like Sodom and Gomorrah, and demanded the old man release him so that they could have sex with this man. The old man in turn says, no. He says, I will give you my virgin daughter and this concubine. And what ends up happening is they release the concubine. These men rape her all night long. And then the next morning, the Bible tells us, and it's gross, but it's life. It is life. The next morning, the the man comes out and sees his concubine. She comes back right at the crack of dawn, and he tells her, get up. But he finds out she's dead from all of this abuse, this trauma from these men, these 600 men. So what this man does in turn is he cuts her body up into 12 pieces and sends a portion of her body to each one of the 12 tribes, which brings us to chapter 20. Israel decides they're going to fight against the tribe of Benjamin. And then this is where we pick up. No, everyone is so upset about what these men did. And they go and say, turn these men over to us. And they say, no, we won't. And then we pick up in in chapter 20, verse 18, says before the battle, the Israelites, because they say, if you won't turn them over to us, we're going to go to war. In fact, the people of Benjamin decided we know there's going to be a fight. So they already prepared themselves for the fight. So Israel says before the battle. The Israelites went to Bethel and asked God, which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin? And the Lord answered, Judah is to go first. Now, here's the first problem. Well, let me let me continue to read on to verse 23. Thank you. So the Israelites left early the next morning and camped near Gabeah Or Gibeah. Then they advanced toward Gibeah to attack the men of Benjamin. But Benjamin's warriors who were defending the town came out and killed 22,000 Israelites on the battlefield that day. But the Israelites encouraged each other and took their positions again in the same place they had fought the previous day. Now, I'm going to make this simple. The seventh book, y'all know the number seven, the number of perfection or the number of completion, excuse me. So the seventh book of the Bible is the book of Judges, and that's where we're coming from. 20th chapter and the 22nd verse, and it says, and they took up their positions. This is the year that we're talking about, um, the year of positioning. So they're going into battle, and they're saying they took up their positions in order to fight. They are taking up their positions. I spent some time in the military, and I'm telling you, you have to find a good position from which to fight from. Sometimes you are on the offensive Sometimes you're on the defense, but either way, you've got to be in position to fight the battle. But here, going back to verse 18, it tells us that they went to God and they said, which tribe should go first to attack the people of Benjamin? And God said, Judah is to go first. Now, understanding that even though they form it in a question, they're not really seeking God. They're saying, God, they're basically telling God, we're going to go fight. Who should fight first? That's like walking onto a lot and saying, well, Lord, which car are you going to buy me today? And God's saying, you don't have the finances for a new car today. It's like walking into a bar and you know you haven't fasted, you haven't prayed. You're going to just walk into a club and try to get people to, to, to win people to Jesus Christ. If God has not anointed you for that time and that season, you're out of place. You are not in the position that God wants you to be in. Y'all understand? So they basically set themselves up. So they asked God a question, and God gave them an answer. Who's to go first? God said, we'll send Judah first. If that's what you want, you want to fight, go send Judah first. But then in result, what happened? 22,000. 22,000 Israelites died on the battlefield that day. Understand that Israel had 400 thousand soldiers and benjamin only had 26,000 soldiers a little over 26,000 soldiers but yet they killed 22,000 of the israelites because they did not do what they were supposed to do but it says they encouraged themselves and they went and found to the positions that they needed to be in and i'm telling you something about position and i want to give this quick testimony The Lord blessed even on yesterday, the first day of the year, that Pastor Wendy and I were down at her uh, mother's house, her father's house. And we're talking about what needs to happen. And her great nephew, 11 years old, asked where his grandmother was. Now, mind you, Pastor Wendy and I were supposed to leave around 12 o'clock. But here it is around 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're still there. God had us in position. This 11-year-old boy asked his grandmother, where is grandma right now? And she said, she's with God. And so they asked a few more questions, and she said, I can't help you. Ask your Uncle Robert. And so he began to ask me questions. And I'm telling you, the the statement that came out of his mouth, and I never questioned him about anything. I only answered the questions that he asked me. But the statement he made was, I don't want to go to hell. An 11-year-old boy said to me, I don't want to go to hell. And God had us, Pastor Wendy and I, in position that this young boy, at 11 years old, asked for the Lord Jesus Christ to come into his heart. On the first day of the first month, 2022, and when we went to go and pray, his brother, six-year-old, said, I want prayer too. So these two young souls Cause all of heaven to rejoice because why we were in position. If we had left when we said we were going to leave, those two little boys would not know Jesus Christ. What an amazing testimony. They asked God in verse 23, they asked God. For the group had gone up and we're still back in judges 2023, not the year. It says, for they had gone up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord. And they asked, Should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again? And the Lord asked, or the Lord said, and we're going to stay right there for a moment, Go out and fight against them. Now, understand this. What's the significance? They had gone to God before, and God said, Send Judah first. You're telling me what you're going to do. I'll just say, Send Judah first. You've already got your mind made up because we know. God will not violate our will. If you say you're going to do something, God will send you signs. He'll he'll press it in your spirit to say maybe you shouldn't do that. But when we make up in our minds we're going to do something, God's like, look, you do what you want to do. But they said, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again? The, The significance is they were concerned about fighting their relatives. How many of you have fought against your relatives? How many of you have had disagreements with your relatives? How many of you have gotten into shouting matches? How many of you have seen videos and prayed you weren't in them where they were just outright f- fists blown, you know, hair pulling and, and all kinds of stuff against your very own relatives? But but Jesus said this. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 20, excuse me, Matthew 10 and 34. And I do apologize. I normally read from the King James The New King James, I'm coming from the New Living Translation, if you're following along. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 34, don't imagine that I came to bring peace on earth. He says, no, I came to bring not peace, but a sword. He says, I'm going to turn father against mother, mother against son, in-laws against in-laws. And then 36, he says, your enemies will, will be right in your own household. Some of the people that you are going to disagree with, and I don't mean so much fighting and punching and kicking and stabbing. No, but the people you disagree with could be in your very own household. So we can't take an account. Well, I can't disagree with them because that's my brother. But if God is telling you to do something, you have to do what the Lord says. Verse 25. Here it is. They have taken up their positions again. And it says, but the men of Benjamin killed another 18,000, all of whom were experienced swordsmen. The Israelites, they knew how to fight. And then verse 26, then all the Israelites went up to Bethel. And what did they do? They wept in the presence of the Lord and they fasted until evening. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. Why is it that we have to get, I'm going to put it like this, why do we have to get our butt whips before we go to God? And I'm telling you, I was talking to a pastor on this week, and he said something. And as many times as, as we do it, or as many times we say it, for some reason it clicked on me the other day. We'll tell 10 people about a problem and wondering why God has not fixed it. Why? Because we never took it to God. We're telling Mary Joe, we're telling Sammy, we're telling Bobby. You know something, I'm so sick and tired of my boss at work. He's doing this, man. They're making me work these long hours, but we never say, Lord, I need you to do a work in me. You don't have to change my boss. I need you to change me. And if through my life, the life I live, they are changing, they are converted, Lord, let, let all glory and praises and honor be unto you, but Lord, before I try to get The the splinter out of my boss's eye, let me get the moat out of mine. Work on me, God. We are so busy telling other people about our problems and we never take it to God. But the children of Israel said that the Bible says that they went before God and they wept and in his presence. What did they do? They changed their position. They got themselves in a position so that God saying, now we have a connection. And then they said in verse 28, it says the Israelites asked the Lord, and I'm just skipping down, should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again, or should we stop? That's the difference. Lord, should we fight against them, or should we stop? The first time all they say was, Lord, who do we send in first? Y'all see the difference? Who do we send in first? Lord, which color car are you going to buy me again? Lord, what are you going to do for me today? Instead of saying, Lord, what is your will for my life today? Lord, I make myself available for you to use. Instead of saying, Lord, you know, I believe you're going to bless me with this. I believe you're going to give me, give me, give me, give me. And God's like, hold on. Can we spend some time together? Can we spend some time? And so they said, should we go or should we stop? And the Lord told them, go, for tomorrow I will hand them over to you. Why? Because they changed their position, not about so much the positions they took on the battlefield, but the positions of their heart. Yes. It's the position of their heart. And God says, guess what? If you go and fight them tomorrow, when you go and fight them, I will hand them over to you. Why? Number one, they fasted and then they asked God whether or not to stop. There are certain times, certain prayers, and it's called the prayer of dedicating and consecration. And Jesus did this in the garden. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, take this cup from me. But we don't always need to ask God if it's your will, because if someone is sick, the Bible tells us to pray. And we want to say, well, I don't know if they're going to get better. So, Lord, if it's your will, heal them. Yes, it is God's will they be healed. But they knew they had to change their position. Hallelujah. Mm. I'm excited about the Lord right now. I'm going to go down. I'm going to jump down. It says on verse thir- in verse 30. It says they went up on the third day. Mind you, they lost 22,000 the first day, 18,000 the second day. But on the third day, what's the significance on the third day? On the third day, Jesus rose from the grave. But on the third day, it says, while the men of Benjamin came out to attack, they were drawn away from the town. And as they had done before, they began to kill the Israelites. And the Bible tells us that there were 30. 30 Israelites that died that day. God still had to remind them, I am with you. But you need to fully rely on me. One soul, one death is is one too many. But God said, you have to continue to trust in me. Verse 33. Oh, excuse me. Verse 32. It says, then the warriors of Benjamin shouted, we're defeating them as we did before. But the Israelites had planned in advance to run away. They planned in advance to run away so that the men of Benjamin would chase after men along the roads and draw them away from the town. Verse 33, when the main group of Israelite warriors reached Bel Tamar, Bel, yeah, Tamar, they turned away, they turned and took up their positions. Meanwhile, the Israelites, hiding in the ambush to the west of Gibeah, jumped up to the fight. There were 10,000 elite Israel troops, advance to give you. the fighting was so heavy that Benjamin didn't realize the impending disaster think about it it says that they purposely planned in advance to run away in verse 32 we can't always be hard charging we can't always say I'm going for I'm gonna do this I'm going to th- do this sometimes God says you need to take a step back You need to step back and let the fighting go on without you. We don't always have to spout off our mouths. We don't always have to say, well, this is what I think. This is my opinion. I think it should be done this way. Sometimes the Lord tells us, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And I'm going to lead you. I'm going to guide you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to give to you, we, we've talked about position in verse 22 and verse 33. Verse 22 and verse 33. We talked about our position, our position. So what is position? Webster Dictionary defines position as a place where someone is located or has been put. A place where someone is located or someone has been put. Ladies, please bear with me for a minute. I'm going to talk about football, all right? You'll see sometimes after a play, a quarterback is so upset because a receiver didn't catch the ball. He's pointing and he's putting his hand out like this, like you were supposed to be over there. Because on some plays, the quarterback never sees the wide receiver. He just knows I'm supposed to take so many steps back, throw the ball over here, and the receiver is supposed to be there. There are time plays, and guess what? If the receiver doesn't catch the ball, they are not able to advance forward, however far, however short. And God is saying, I'm trying to put you in position because there is a timing that I have, and I want you to be in position. So when I throw your blessing, you are there to receive it. He's saying you are the someone that needs to be located and put in place. And too many times we miss God. We're like, where's my blessing? Where's my blessing? God said, I wanted you to go down and cut to the right. And we're saying, "Lord, but I missed it. But there was your blessing. There was your blessing. Israel had everything they needed. First of all, they had the motive because of the woman we said in chapter 19, the concubine who had been raped and killed. They had the men, 400,000 Versus 26,000. Do the math. Do the math. They were clearly outnumbered. And then they had the weapons. They had elite soldiers. But again, as I said, they didn't ask God, Lord, the first time, they didn't ask God, what should we do? They simply said, God, who should go first? Who should go first? But let's look at position also as a noun and I I just want to cover this real quick and I'm not trying to do an English lesson here because I was good when I was in high school maybe a little bit in college but uh, as if you use it as a noun I don't mean right now but as a noun it says that it can be a location a place a situation or a spot a place a location a situation or a spot but also We as believers, our position can be our posture, our stance, or our attitude. Your position, because people will ask you, especially nowadays, there's so much division and there's so much tension in the air. People are going to ask you, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? That's because they want to see what your posture or what your stance is. It's like, well, this is how I feel about it. And now this is how I feel, but this is what the word of God, if it's applicable and you can find a scripture, this is my stance and this is what I believe. But we're about getting ourselves in position in the year 2022. Let's look at another similar situation. They had 400,000, the Benjamin, the Benjamin folks from Benjamin, Benjaminites, only had 26. I mean, that's, that's like, let's just take our 26,000 and go fight against them one-on-one on one and call it a day. But let's look, let's look at a similar situation and see how God puts us in position, our posture and our stance and our attitude, because they can make the difference in how we fight and whether or not we win. In 2 in Kings chapter 6, Elisha Elisha says this, um, the, the king of, of Aramean finds out that everywhere he sends his army, that Elisha is telling the king of Israel, oh, guess what? Their army is going over here. Oh, their army is setting up over here. Every time they, his army relocates, Elisha is saying, oh, guess where they are? So the king of, of Aramean is saying, we've got a traitor among us. Someone is a spy in the camp. It's like, no, it's not us. It's Elisha. So he says he sends his entire army after one man. He sends his entire army after one man. So here's Elijah, like chilling. He's got his little curate going. He's going to make him a little cup of coffee, break him some bread, and have a nice meal. So he sends his servant out, and in verse six, chapter uh, Second Kings, chapter six, verse fifteen. In verse 15, he says, when the servant of man got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Anybody in here ever been outnumbered? <laughs> ever been outnumbered? If it's one of you and one of them, like, man, I can deal with that. But when there's two of them and three of them, but now we're talking about troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And this is talking about your posture, your attitude, and your stand. It says, don't be afraid, Elisha told them, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And the Bible tells us that he called, he prayed unto God, and every one of their soldiers was blind. Every one of their soldiers. Why? Because of his attitude, his stance, his posture. It's like there's more of us than it is of them. And he prayed and he said, Lord, open the eyes of the servant. Because the servant didn't see what he saw in the spirit realm. Every soldier, I remember when I joined the army, every soldier receives general orders. The first general order is I will guard everything within the limits of my post and quit my post only when properly relieved. And I'm not going to tell you what the other two are. I don't remember right now. But. We have to learn, if you, any of you all remember seeing the movie Saving Private Ryan, there was a soldier in that movie who every time trouble came, every time the fighting started and the bullets were flying, he would always run in the other direction. He would cower down behind rocks. He would do that. I know that when I was in the Army, I was privileged that I was on tanks. So I rode everywhere I went, and I had a big old gun. And machine guns to fight and defend. But too many soldiers have something. We have a vehicle to ride on. But guess what? When that vehicle breaks down, we're not ready for war. We're not ready to revert back. It's like we were fortunate because of tanks and in the, in the confined spaces. We were the only ones besides military police that carried small arms. We carried pistols. Everyone else had M16s, rifles. But what happens when your tank breaks down? Well, I'm going to wait here. I'm going to wait here till they come and fix it. No. You've got to revert back to your basic orders. Your basic training. You have a rifle, you have hand grenades, you've got rations. You need to fight with what you have. And unfortunately, even in this time when we're seeing people dying from COVID, we're losing family members and friends, we want to give up. But what did they teach us? Before, while we were yet on this earth with them, what did they teach us? And go back to our first command. You got to pick up that rifle. You got to aim it. You got to shoot it. You can't hide inside that tank. You can't hide inside that tank. I can't hide on mama's prayers no more because mama's not here no more. I got to fight this fight for myself. And I told you initially what happened in those first in uh, chapter 16, 17, 18 and 19 that led up to the battle in chapter 20. But let me tell you. that in chapter 16, there is a little bit of Samson in all of us. We go and we marry and I, I won't say marry. In fact, yes, we partner with people we necessarily shouldn't be partners with. When Samson married Delilah, and we say, well, God, God's going to change them. I'm praying that God's going to change them. No, that friend of yours that you think is your friend is not your friend. And as soon as you start telling them what God is going to do in your life, they're not your friends anymore. But you don't know it. And Samson's demise was not so much again that he, he married Delilah, was that he told her. She kept saying, where is your strength come from? Come on, baby, you can tell me. And you know you have those friends that will be, come on, man, hook me up. Come on, man, do this for me. And before you know it, uh, this is uh, Virginia Beach Police. Uh, we need to talk to you. <laughs> because we've connected ourselves with people. I'm not talking about marriage necessarily. But we've connected with people that we have no business being connected to. There are people like us. There's a little bit of Micah in us. Because guess what? We have our idols. We have our idols. Hey, 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 get away from the TV. I paid a lot of money for that TV. Hey, put that ball down. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And I remember growing up as a kid, the one thing you didn't do among many things, I remember my dad whooped me so bad because I tracked mud into the car. He turned around and saw that mud on my feet. <laughs> he punched me and said, get out of the car. But we have our idols. And then just like in verse 16, the Bible says that the people did as they pleased because they had No king. How many of us live sometimes as if we have no king? Like the men of Dan in chapter 18, we go after those who are weaker than us and we destroy them. James chapter 3 talks about the power of the tongue. We will destroy people's character. We will tear them down. (sighs) And we're saying, I wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah? Hey, man, you know what happened to so-and-so? Yeah, man, that was bad. And it's like, didn't they tell you not to tell anybody? Didn't they tell you in secret? And it's like, you don't always have to say, man, this is just between me and you. You promise? Yeah. Pinky square? Yeah, I promise. Sometimes when people talk to you, it's like I don't need to divulge this information to anybody else. If anything, like I said before, we tell 10 people, but we don't never tell God. And instead of telling one person, we need to just tell God. And we destroy people. And then just like the men of of Gibeah, yes, we haven't raped and killed anybody. But sometimes we have destroyed people. We have been the ones that have been toxic. Sometimes I find myself, and I admit it, I find myself in conversations that I have no business being in. And it's tearing people down because we add fuel. So I'm going to go straight to my my three points. We already know what happened. And the Bible tells us that they went on. Once they drew them away from the town, that they ended up killing all but 600 soldiers. Why? Because they sought God. Excuse me. So my first point is this. What is the basis for your battle? Why are you going to war for whatever it is you're going to fight for? Is somebody picking on your kids? Are you not getting the right insurance coverage that you think you should get? Are you going to go and and tell that person who who took your parking space at Walmart, are you going to go tell them off? And I'm going to tell you, somebody cut me off the other day I was trying to give this tractor trailer room because he was weaving back and forth and there's a jersey wall on both sides. And I said, I'm not, traffic was not passing him. I said, I'm not going to sit here beside him and let him sideswipe me. So I backed up a little bit. And what did he do? He cut me off. Man, you talk about hot. I was like, I'm going to call this company and tell them how reckless he is. And the Lord said, Really? <laughs> God kept saying, You're ch- you going to chase him down. Get the phone number and call and say how bad a driver is. Have you ever had a bad day, Robert? Lord, I ain't talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about him right now. And the Lord's like, let it go. i was like, Lord, you're right. So what's the basis for your battle? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. For God is pleased when conscious of his will, and again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, conscious of his will you patiently endure unjust treatment of course you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong we showing up late and we wonder why the boss is in our face it's like he don't know who he messing with He'll I'll drop him like a bag of dirt it's like but we're late and this ain't the first time we've been late and God's saying if you have to suffer punishment Because you did wrong. Don't 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 holler. Glory to God. Glory to God. God going to fight my battles. Yeah. God's going to tell you to get up earlier and go to work. But we have to know what's the basis of your battle. If it's not justified. Then we can't expect God to back us. Y'all follow me. Point number two. Is God with me or is God watching me? Is God with me or is God watching me? Yesterday, Pastor Wendy and I uh, were coming back from North Carolina and we're going down this narrow two lane road. And I look up and and in fact, a few days ago or Christmas Day, we were we were driving around and we said, you know, it ain't like the old days. Used to be Christmas Day. You saw kids out riding bicycles, throwing football and all this other stuff. Now. All the kids are inside. Nobody's outside playing anymore. They got their video games. They got a new cell phone. But here was this young girl. She looked like she might have been 12 or 13 years old on this narrow road, 45 miles an hour, riding a hoverboard. Riding a hoverboard. And so we drove down the road. I mean, the sun was forcing behind us, and we saw her. But Pastor Wendy was like, no, 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 we need to let that little girl know that she don't need to be out in the street. So we went down the street, did a U-turn, came back, and we didn't see it. But her parents were sitting on the tailgate of the truck saying, yeah, we're watching her. We're watching her. But little did they know there was a car coming in the other direction. And when we came back that way with the sun in our eyes, we could barely see the girl. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we're telling her if a car's coming, go to the other side of the road. It's 45 miles an hour. It's 45 miles an hour. So what is the point I'm trying to make? There's a difference between God watching you do something and God saying, I'm with you. And those parents, I'm just saying it, all they were doing were watching their daughter. Because if a car came and hit her, there was nothing they could do. They were too far out of reach. And if God is only watching you, that means God doesn't approve always of what we're doing. Remember I said that the children of Israel said, Lord, who should go first? He said, send Judah. You didn't ask me, should we go and fight? You just simply said, well, who should go first? Proverbs chapter uh, 15, verse 3. It says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. I don't care how saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and that with a mighty burning fire. If you're doing wrong, you're doing wrong. And God is watching you. God will watch the evil do good and the the good do evil. Either way, the Bible says he's watching. So my question for me is, is God approved of what I'm doing right now? Is he watching me or is he really with me? It's a difference. Hopefully he's doing both. But is he really with me? Is, Is this what God wants me to do right now? And then my last point is this. It's the fight after the fast. The fight after the fast. And and this is my scripture. It was my dad's favorite scripture. And I go back to it again. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and we say it all the time. But he's saying, in all thy ways acknowledge me. And I don't have it up there. He says, and I will direct your paths. In all your ways, it's like, but Lord, I know how to do this. He said, I didn't ask you if you knew how to do it. He's saying, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Let's go back to uh, verse 26 in chapter 20. It says, then all the Israelites went up to Bethel and did what? They wept in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. And they fasted until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So we have to seek God first. Seek God first. The the disciples asked Jesus, excuse me, the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? Jesus said in Matthew 17 and 27, however, this kind goes out only except by prayer and fasting. Some things we have to go the extra mile. And if you want to know about numbers, the the Israel, and I'm not talking about the book of numbers. If you want to, if we think that the Israel could just easily just go in and take over 400,000 soldiers against 26. If we think, oh, we've got the numbers. It's like, man, you're going to buy that? It's like, man, I got that money in my savings account. I can buy that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to just pay cash. But we never know. God's like, put your money away. God saying, I got this. Put your money back in your account. I know you got money because I gave you that money. God's saying, I want to bless you. I want to bless you with this. And I'm going to give it to you supernaturally. I'm going to open a door that you will have this. Those things you've been seeking me, seeking after me for, I'm going to give it to you. Because all too often we think because we have the numbers. We have the abilities. We have the skills. We think, well, I can do this. Let me go ahead and knock it out. Let me just knock it out. And God's saying, but I need you to seek me first. And if we want to know about numbers, ask Gideon. Again, the same book, Judges. Let's go back to 7, chapter 7, verse 2. And it says, the Lord said to Gideon. Y'all heard that name before. You have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. God's like, you got to rely on me. I know you know how to tie your shoe, but sometimes it's like, Lord, just I thank you for the ability to just bend over because some people can't bend over. Lord, I thank you. Help me to get to work today. I know the way to get there, but, Lord, I just pray that there be smooth transition in traffic. And, Lord, if there is a tie-up in traffic, Lord, I thank you for patience that allows me to wait. Because, you know, around here, they got construction going on everywhere. I'm going to say this, and then I'm done. Although we are confronted with many situations throughout this walk, we have to maintain a godly position. What does the word say? How is the least How is the Spirit leading me in a particular situation? It's not always what someone else did. It's not always what other people, well, so-and-so did this, and it worked for them. Yeah, but that's so-and-so. You don't know what they've been through for them to do what they did. You don't know the trauma they've been through in their life. You don't know where I had to bring them up from. But, Lord, I'm seeking your face. That may not be what God is telling you. So in this year of 2022, we're going to be this is our year of positioning, having the right stance, having the right posture and having the right attitude. We've talked about we have heard the ter- term preconceived notions. Oh, I already know how this is going to go down. I already know how this is going to go down. And it's like, well, Lord. You said acknowledge you. You said for a minute led by the Spirit of God, those are sons of God. Lord, I'm asking you, and I'm telling you, sometimes when I, I mean, I love Pastor Winnie, and, and we, we are just getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And sometimes before I have a conversation with her, and I know it's going to be one about, you know, a, a particular area, it's like, Lord, I just pray that we have a good conversation together. I've been knowing that woman for almost 21 years. Excuse me. I've been, we've been married for almost 21 years. I should be able to just go and talk to her. But guess what? Guess what? We have an adversary. We have an adversary who wants to get in our conversation because if you speak it in the atmosphere, he can get into it. So I'm like, Lord, help me to talk to my wife that I don't get riled up and I don't get in my feelings. And it it could be something simple because Friday night's date night. Well, where do you want to eat? Uh, let's eat here. I don't want to eat there. Why? Blah, blah, blah. And that, could, that can start a fight on date night. Right, Pastor Wendy? Yep. It sure can. <laughs> they too expensive. They slow and all these other things. So we're going to get ourselves in position to hear from God. I pray that you all got something out of this message. And for those of you who are watching us on social media uh, and those of you who are here in the building, you know, God is good. And the same Jesus that died on the cross is still reigning on the throne. The same Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost is abiding here with us because Jesus said he wouldn't never leave us or he wouldn't leave us comfortless. So we're still believing God for greater things, for greater things. And as I as I gave the testimony earlier about the two young men, the two boys, they're not young men, these two boys. Gave their life to Christ on yesterday. But there are some of you who have heard this message and and the word positioning doesn't mean the same to you. But you want to be in a position that you can hear God as well as talk to him, because oftentimes it's God always talking. And we're not listening. Or we listen and we always want to talk back to God. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want. God's like. But can I tell you what I want? Can I tell you my will for your day? But if you want that relationship with Christ, we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray right now. That the Lord come into your heart, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you in this year 2022, our year of positioning. We're going to better equip ourselves through your word and by the spirit to meet the needs of the people, however you see fit. But for those that don't know you and want to be a part of the body of Christ, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you now that you have died for my sins. You have made me a new creature in you. Old things passed away. All things become new. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for taking my sins and casting them away. I am new in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, and I pray that you truly meant it, we want you to respond by uh, texting to us to O A Connect to five five four nine eight. That's five five four nine eight. And we're not asking you. We would love for you to come and join us, but maybe you're in another city or another state. Find a church that's going to teach you, and pour into you, and challenge you. Not just so you can just go and say, "Well, I went to church today," but a church that's going to challenge you to do more for the body of Christ, to build up yourself and to do more. But just just drop us a line and say, I prayed that prayer, and now Jesus is the Lord of my life. We want to thank you, and again, we love you, and we want to pray for you in Jesus' name. Until next time, we love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. We thank God for my brother and sister being with us here on today. Um, Love. Love you all. Love you all. Thank you so much. I still have some of your stuff. Yeah, because you know you do quality work.